Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. X-Tree, X-Tree, Sentinel X-Tree, now the most refreshing drink in the world, Orange Crush presents The Green Hornet. the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Brick Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Now ride with Brick Reed in the thrilling adventure of the cigarette filters. The Green Hornet strikes again. The adventures of the Green Hornet are brought to you by Orange Crush, the world's leading orange drink that tastes better naturally. Orange Crush is flavored with the juice of fresh tree-ripened Valencia oranges, so naturally it tastes better. Always keep delicious Orange Crush handy in your refrigerator. At your dealer's, Get the Orange Crush Handy Pack. Six bottles of Orange Crush in a handy carrying case. In his office at the Daily Sentinel, Brick Reed, young publisher, was talking to Mike Axford, one of his reporters. I wonder what's keeping this case. She never stays out this long for lunch. Oh, you never can tell about women, Reed. They're always doing things you never expect them to do. Well, just because Casey never... Hello. Is this Mr. Reed? Yes, I'm Brett Reed. I'm Jean Harvey, a friend of Lenore Case. Oh, well, I suggest you call later, Miss Harvey. Miss Case hasn't returned from lunch. Or perhaps you'd like to leave a message. You don't understand, Mr. Reed. I'm calling to tell you Lenore was struck by an automobile. She's in the city hospital. Oh, great Scott. Is she... Is she badly hurt? Oh, she'll soon be all right. It's just a few bruises and shocks. But I thought I'd better let you know right away. Oh, thanks. I'm glad you did, Miss Harvey. I'll go to the hospital at once. Goodbye. What is it, Reed? Miss Case. She's been hit by a car. She's in the hospital. Great saints. Come on. We'll go over to the hospital and see her. Meanwhile, an expensive car left the curb in front of the city hospital and sped toward the residential section of the city. A young man was at the wheel. A young woman who sat beside him was talking in an exasperated voice. You were foolish, Paul, for stopping to take that girl to the hospital. The car struck her only a glancing blow. We should have gone on. Have some sense, Alexis. We can't afford to mix with the police right now. If we hadn't stopped, someone might have set the police on my trail as a hit-and-run driver. You know well enough we couldn't be traced through false license plates you have on this car. And telling her that you'd call back later to see how she's getting along was very foolish. And dangerous, Paul. Alexis, I do what I think is best. Who knows? Perhaps striking up an acquaintance with that girl may be of help to me in what we have to do. You certainly take the oddest way to strike up an acquaintance. Frankly, I don't like this, Paul. And I don't see how that girl can be of any help. When the time comes, Alexis, I'll tell you. I'll go back to the hospital tonight to see how she is. Then perhaps I can arrange my plans. Thank you.
short time later, Britt Reed and Axford stood beside Miss Case in the hospital room. Well, Miss Case, you gave us quite a scare. Oh, I'm all right. Really, Mr. Reed. Just a few bruises. I wanted to leave, but the doctor thinks I should stay at least until morning. Well, of course. Don't you think of leaving until they're sure there are no internal injuries? Say, Casey, you mean to say you haven't any broken bones or anything like that? <laughs> oh, no, I'm positive, Michael. It's nice of you both to be so concerned. <laughs> I was coming over this way anyway, so being curious, I stopped in with Reed. <laughs> Don't you believe in this case? But tell me, what happened? Who rang you down? Well, it was really my fault. I was in a hurry to reach the office, so I stepped off the curb without looking. The driver did his best to stop, but, well, he did manage to swerve enough so that I received only a glancing blow from the fender. Just enough to knock me down. And one of those hit-and-run guys, no doubt. Oh, no, no, Axford. A, a man and woman were in the car. They stopped immediately. The driver, a young, handsome chap, got a... Well, he is. <laughs> anyway, he picked me up and put me in his car and brought me here. I really didn't want to be taken to the hospital, but well, he insisted. He did the right thing. Yes, he told the doctor I was to have every care. And he said he'd come back tonight to see how I'm getting along. Maybe that's why you decided you ought to stay here a while. Oh, my toe. <laughs> Any uh, objections, Mike? Who? Me object? <laughs> If Casey wants to wait for some lug to come to see her, it's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you agree with the doctor that it's best for me to stay, Michael, I'm sure it's all right. Well, if there's anything you want, let me know, Miss Case. I'll drop in on the way home to check on you. Come on, Axford. Miss Case needs rest, and there's work to do at the office. Early that evening, the young man, Paul, was preparing to leave his apartment to visit Lenore Case at the hospital. Paul, I see you're determined to see that girl again. Why not leave well enough alone? That girl is going to help us, Alexis. In what way? The high command of our party is sending me plans for sabotage in five key cities of this country. The plans will come through the contact we've established here. You mean through Mr. Lucas, the owner of the bookshop on North Street? Exactly. But Lucas managed to send word that his place is being watched. What? We dare not go there tomorrow night. Why didn't you tell me this sooner? I didn't want to alarm you. But I must get those plans before they fall into the hands of the American authorities. We dare not go to Lucas now, and anyone he might send may be followed. And if we're suspected, any mail or packages coming to us will be intercepted. But what has that girl to do with all this? Why do you bother with her? She may be able to help us. Remember, I told you Lucas said his place is being watched. Then the authorities are beginning to suspect, Mr. Lucas. Paul, what about us? Do you think they suspect us? I don't think they know yet. But Lucas says someone has been watching the shop. The girl in the hospital told us today she's Lenore Case, secretary of a newspaper publisher. Her identity wouldn't be questioned if she went to the bookshop for us. So that's your plan? Yes. But how will you to get, get her to go after the book containing the plans? I have the way. <laughs> you always said I had a way with women, Alex. And you always say attractive girls do not have much brains, Paul. <laughs> but I suggest you watch your step with Miss Lenore Case. That evening, Brick Reed stopped in at the hospital to see Miss Case. Hello, Miss Case. How are you this evening? I feel all right now, Mr. Reed. I'll be at the office in the morning. No, I want you to take the day off tomorrow and rest. You've had quite a shock. Well, frankly, I'm enjoying all this. 
See all the beautiful flowers? Yes, I noticed them when I came in. Uh, Paul Galva, the driver of the car that hit me, brought them in a while ago. Oh, he must be a nice chap. Well, yes. He asked me to go to dinner with him tomorrow night. Well, he said he felt it was only fair to do something for me after what's happened. Well, do you think it's all right for me to go with him? <laughs> well, of course, if you want to. <laughs> in fact, I'm sure you already accepted his invitation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He'll have a good time. Someone certainly messed up the ashtray here. Hey, what are these? They look like small strips of crepe paper. Oh, those. Well, I noticed Mr. Galva smoked filter-tip cigarettes, and, well, every time he finished one, he tore open the filter and pulled out those little strips. Sort of a nervous habit, I think. Oh? Well, I'll go along to my apartment now. Let me know tomorrow how you feel. All right. I'll call the office in case you do want me to come in for something. You just rest tomorrow and enjoy your dinner date. Good night, Miss Case. Good night. Late the following afternoon, Paul Galva entered the hideout apartment where Alexis was waiting. She was startled by the expression on his face, and she hastened to question him. Paul, what's wrong? Sarney is here in this what? city. Sarney? Oh, no. Yes. As a Polish underground counter-spy, he has dogged us every step of the way. But I did not expect him here. He'll ruin everything. He's not the type to play a waiting game like the others. He'll not only prevent us from getting the plans, but he may denounce us to the American authorities. We'll go through with the arrangements for tonight. Sarney knows how we work, but I'm determined he'll not stop us now. Paul, how do you know he's here? I saw him, but he did not see me. I kept out of sight. I shadowed him most of the afternoon. You... Uh... You thought of a way out for us? Yes. I found out where he lives. He parks his car in the alley. I'll go there and wait for him after dark. This time, Sarney must be put out of our way. Then later, with the help of the case girl, we'll get the plans we want. That same evening, Mike Axford was in the press room at police headquarters. Well, Sarge, looks like sitting around here is just a waste of time this evening. Yep, things are quiet tonight. Uh, where's Cassidy? Haven't seen him around. Well, he's doing a plainclothes job over on North Street with a federal man. They're watching a small bookshop. What for, I'd like to know? Well, some guy named Sarney tipped him off that a couple of commie agents are dealing through their place. A tall young fellow and a blonde woman. Yeah. Why don't you move in and grab the book dealer? <laughs> they want to catch the others with the goods, Mike. They're bigger game than the dealer. So he'll be grabbed later. Hey, Sarge, there's been a murder in an alley on the east side. Who's at last? A murder, huh? Who's the victim, do you know? Yeah, some fellow named Sarney, but the killer got away. enjoyed the dinner very much, Mr. Galva. It was a great pleasure to have your company, Miss Case. Uh, would you mind if I stop at the drugstore just ahead to phone my sister before taking you home? There's an important message I forgot to give her. Not at all. I'll wait in the car. Uh, by the way, would you mind doing a slight favor for me while you're waiting? Well, I'll be glad to. What is it? Well, just beyond here in the middle of the block, there's a small bookshop. I'm to stop there to pick up a book I ordered. While I'm phoning, we'll save time if you go get it for me. Just ask for the book ordered by Paul Galva. Tell him it's called The Last Plan, in case he's forgotten. I'll get it for you. I'll be back in a few minutes.
A few moments later, Lenore was in the bookshop and had asked for the book. Here is the book for Mr. Galvin. Thank you. Good night. Good night, miss. Just a minute, young lady. Well, what do you want? I... Aren't you Officer Cassidy? I am. I thought I recognized you. I'm Lenore Case, Britt Reed's secretary at the Daily Sentinel. I met you through Michael Axford. Oh, sure, Miss Case. You know, with that blonde hair, I thought for a minute I was catching one of the people we're watching for. Watching for? I don't understand. Well, now, just between us, we're looking for a couple of commie spies. Spies? Mm-hmm. A blonde woman and a tall, reddish blonde young fellow. <laughs> of course, nobody would take you for a spy, ma'am. <laughs> well, I should hope not. Well, if you don't mind, I'll run along. There's someone waiting for me. Sure, go ahead. Good night, Miss Case. Good night. I appreciate what you did for me, Miss Case. Getting the book, I mean. You're welcome. It was nothing. You haven't said much since you came back to the car, and I noticed the way you stare at me and frown. Why do you do that? For no reason. I was watching. I saw a man talk to you as you left the shop. He was a policeman. They're watching for two communist agents, a blonde woman and a tall, blonde young man. I... What? It's nothing. What do you think? Perhaps you'd better take me home now. Alexis was right. You do use your brains. You're suspicious of something. Tell me what. Oh, well, it's foolish, but... Well, your sister is blonde. You're tall and young. With dark hair. But your eyebrows and complexion... Your hair could be... A, a... wig, perhaps? All right, so it is. What? You're suspicious, and it would do no good to try to keep the tooth from you. You're, you're one of the spies they want. You used me to get that book for you. It must mean something... I... Well, I'm not going to let you get away with Quiet, it. Quiet, you'll do nothing. I have a gun in my pocket and I can drive like this with one hand. Now you'll have to come with me. You've served your purpose. We'll decide what to do with you when we reach our destination. We'll continue our story in just a moment. Say, fellas and girls, once Thanksgiving Day rolls around, we're into the holiday season. The season I'm sure you like best of all, because it brings so much fun and excitement. And at happy holiday gatherings with your relatives and friends, delicious sparkling orange crush fits in naturally. Because naturally, it tastes better, better than any other orange drink. It's that natural fresh fruit flavor that makes the big difference. Orange Crush is flavored with the pure, natural juice of fresh, tree-ripened Valencia oranges. So naturally, it tastes better. And it makes the good things you eat with it taste better, too. Tell Mom to stock up on Orange Crush for the happy occasions ahead. It'll go so well with the party menu she's probably planning now. And for hurry-up snacks when friends drop in, delicious Orange Crush is just the thing. It's simply great with holiday cookies, with fruitcake and nut breads, too. It's the world's favorite orange drink. And when you serve it to your friends, they'll appreciate your giving them the best. So be sure there's plenty of Orange Crush on hand for the holiday season. You can get it at your dealers in six-bottle handy packs. And always ask for Orange Crush by name. Don't say orange. Say Orange Crush. 
because there's no other drink so good. No other orange drink in the world has that natural fresh fruit flavor. That's O-R-A-N-G-E-C-R-U-S-H, Orange Crush. Naturally, it tastes better. Now back to the Green Hornet. Later that night, Brick Reed sat in the living room of his apartment talking to Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and one of the few persons who knew his identity as the Green Hornet. This case had a very narrow escape yesterday. Well, that's right. It's good car swerve in time. Yeah. Well, Mr. Reed's apartment. This is Axford, Cato. Let me speak to Reed. Oh, yes, Mr. Axford. For you, Mr. Britt. And... Hello, Axford. Reed, I thought you might like to know I phoned in a scoop on a murder a while ago. Murder, huh? Who's the victim? A fellow named Sarney. Ever hear of him? Mm, no, not that I remember. By the way, Casey must be feeling okay now. Cassidy met her coming out of a bookshop on North Street tonight. <laughs> he thought at first she was a spy. Can you beat that? <laughs> well, why should he think that? Well, it was this way, Reed. Cassidy's helping watch that book joint, hoping to catch a couple of commie spies, a man and a woman. For a minute, he thought Cassie was one of them. The woman I that is. <laughs> oh, I understand now. But um, about that murder, Axford, have they any idea who did it? Nope. But whoever did it waited in an alley for some time before the victim showed up. How do they know that? lying around the ground. The killer must have been nervous and smoked a lot while he waited. Hold on, Axford. You mean he smoked filter-tipped cigarettes and then opened the filter and unrolled the small strips of crepe paper inside the filters? Yeah, that's right. Why? Uh, never mind. Uh, keep on that case, Axford, and get all the details. Okay, Reed. So long. Goodbye. Cato, we're taking the black beauty. Something wrong, Mr. Bridge? Plenty. If Miss Case isn't in trouble right now, she soon will be. I think she has a date right now with a killer and a spy. Get the masks and gas guns. A few moments later, stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in the bedroom, Rick Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment itself. This passage led to an adjoining building, which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, the streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Rick Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. We are North Street now, Mr. Britt. We'll bookshop in next block. We'll slow down and put out the lights. Look, two men walking cross street toward bookshop. Yeah, Cassidy the cop with someone else. They must have decided to pick up the book dealer. Oh, maybe they get dealer to tell where to find spies. Then there's no need for Greenhorn. Stop here. By the time they get that dealer to talk, the commie agents will have skipped out. They'll learn he was picked up, don't worry. What you do? I believe Miss Case is in great danger, and we must find that spy she's with. That dealer is our best bet. Well, not too late now. No, it isn't. I'll walk down toward the shop. You drive the Black Beauty slowly down this side of the street. You try to take him from police? Yes. I'll surprise them when they come out. There's squad cars down the street. You have the door of this car open and be right there at the curb when I need you for a quick getaway. Oh, yes, Mr. Britt. 
But if they follow in squad cars... I want them to, Cato. Also, they'll put out a call for reinforcements. I hope to be able to lead them to the killer's hideout in time for them to catch the spies thereafter. Be careful, Cato. We must get that book dealer. A few moments later, the two policemen came from the bookshop with the dealer. Move along, you. The car's down the street. But you have no right. I've done nothing. You'll have your chance to talk at headquarters. Well, hey, that car creeping along at the curb. Reach, both of you. Don't turn around. You book dealer can hit that car at the curb quick. Yes, of course. Don't move, coppers, or I'll shoot. You won't get away with this. I have gotten away with it. I'm backing toward the car. Don't make a move or I'll let you have it. Step on it. Hey, it's the Green Hornet. He's getting away. So you're the Green Hornet. Yes, now I see you're masked. What of it? I'm thankful you came in time. I didn't know Paul Galva had you working for him. There's a lot you don't know, mister. Where are you taking me? I could take you to my hideout, but I think it's better to take you directly to Paul Galva's place. Yes, that's better. I've never been to his place. We held our meetings elsewhere. You'll have to direct us there. How do I know this isn't a trick? Don't be a sap. Do you think I'm working for the cops? No. No, that couldn't be. They're after you. Stop someplace and I'll phone Paul and we're on the way. There's no time for that. If you don't want my help, we'll take you back and dump you out where the cops will find you. No, no, don't do that. I'll take you to Paul's apartment. Continue straight ahead. In the hideout apartment, Lenore Case played for time, hoping that in some way she could get away or get help. Paul... In spite of knowing what I do, well, maybe it really doesn't make any difference. Oh, what kind of talk is that she's giving you? She's in our way. Quiet, Alexis. You would have helped to us, Miss Case. I still don't see how that book helped. I'm curious. You women are curious even when you're in danger. Why, Paul, I don't feel a bit that I'm in danger when I'm with you. Of course, I know you're a... Well, an agent, but... Maybe I could even forget that. Hey, what goes on here? Evidently, there's more between you two than I thought. Paul Galbert, a man who kills Sarney one minute, then takes you to dinner the next. Falls now for a smooth-talking blonde who could have him sent to the chair. Now I know why he delayed getting rid of you, you... Stop it, Alexa, stop it. Paul, did you really kill someone? Sometimes such a thing is necessary in our work. Go ahead, you fool. Tell her everything. No need to be jealous, Alexis. Miss Case, since you're curious, I'll show you about the book. See here. See? As in most books, this first page is blank. But by chemical treatment, certain important plans will be brought out in great detail. That's very clever, Paul. Let me see it closer. Here. But be careful. Don't spot that page. Paul, you're a fool. You're very clever, Paul. <laughs> Maybe I hey, can stop her. She's ruining the plan. You're darn right I am. Stop that. Stop it. Oh, stop her. Just give me that. Oh, playful, huh? Oh, I'll rip that hair out by the roots. Stop this. Stop <laughs> it. There. Let me at her. I wish he would. Now, let's just go sit down. I'll handle this. Well, Miss Gates. You were putting on an act, huh? Why not? 
We in America hate your kind. Alexis, use my handkerchief to tie her hands behind her back. Hurry. It's time you came to your senses. I'll tie her all right. Let me go. Oh, that's too tight. Stand still. I'll gag her with your scarf, Alexis. Of course. She talks too much. Get away. Help. Help. Take her into your room and lock her in the closet, Alexis. I'll try to piece together the page she has torn. A few moments later, Alexis returned to the living room. He's locked in the closet, Paul. Later, you must get rid of Wait. her. That's the signal. It must be Lucas. I hope he wasn't followed. Quick, let us in. Who's with you? You'll know him. Close the door. What? Why did you bring this masked man here? But I thought you knew him. He's the Green Hornet. Green Hornet? And he holds a gun. Lucas, what does this mean? He saved me from the police. I thought you sent him. I've heard of him. The police want him. He's a criminal. One of the greatest. I'm in the right company. He does anything for money. Paul, use him to get rid of the girl. Pay him well and we'll have no further worries. You will do a job for us, won't you? For a price. But hurry, I haven't much time. Here's my wallet. It contains several thousand dollars. They're yours if you get rid of a certain person for us. Give me the dough. There. Good. Now, where's the one you mentioned? In the closet in the other room. Get rid of her. She is dangerous to us, and she will be to you, too, if she lives to tell you are here. She tried to destroy certain plants. Look there. She tore them to pieces. I'll take those pieces of paper. I can use them. Right, stop. You can't take those. Holy trick. I'll shoot him. Take it, Tommy. Gas. <coughs> you fooled me into getting you here. If I had a gun, I'd hurt up you. Stay away from me. I'm a woman. You can't hear me. You're a, a dirty commie. Spy along with the others. Oh. Here's something for you, Blondie. No! Oh. Oh. Out of reach, Miss Case. I'll take away the gag. There. Oh, am I glad to see you. How they... They're all out cold. I'll untie you now. There. It paid me to get rid of you. Here's the cash. Send it to a charity. They had a plan. Here are the torn pieces. Give them to the police when they get here. Oh, they're here now. How did you find out about all this? Torn filters from filtered cigarettes, Miss Case. So long. I'm leaving. Help! Help! Hey, it's Casey. And look at all them people lying around. Oh, Michael. Michael, you got here just in time. Those are spies. And they paid the Green Hornet to take me away and kill me. He heard you all at the door, and he left through the window in there and went down the fire escape. Quickly and briefly, Miss Case explained all that had happened. Then Axford said, Glory be. And to think that Green Hornet actually had you in his clutches, Casey. Sure, and you must have been scared to death. Well, it's difficult to say just how I felt at the moment. But wait till Reed hears about this. His eyes will pop when we tell him Casey and I were in on catching spies. And how we helped get the plans, showing how the commies expected to sabotage certain utilities in five big cities. What's more, Reed will sure be surprised to hear we scared off that spalpeen, the Green Hornet.
That's the Green Hornet story for today. Another exciting story brought to you by the most refreshing drink in the world. The drink that's actually good for you because it's made with real oranges. The one and only Orange Crush. It sparkles, it tingles, it makes you feel fresh again. Always keep several bottles in your refrigerator. And always remember, the handy way to do that is to get the handy pack. Six bottles of Orange Crush in a handy carrying case. This program is a feature of the Green Hornet Incorporated. Created by George W. Trendle. Produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated. Directed by Charles D. Livingston. And edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Green Hornet is played by Jack McCarthy. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. The Green Hornet is brought to you every Wednesday and Friday at the same time by the most refreshing drink in the world, Orange Crush. That's the drink you like best of all. Try it. Next time, ask for Orange Crush. But remember, don't say orange. Say Orange Crush. O-R-A-N-G-E-C-R-U-S-H. Orange Crush. Next Friday, listen to the Green Hornet again in the exciting story of danger entitled Shipment for Korea. And now till Friday, this is Fred Foy saying so long from Orange Crush. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.